Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. back with another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. Today I'm here with the Phil Bondurant and we're talking about harmful algal blooms. How's it going today, Phil? It's going pretty well. How are you? Good. How's your summer been so far? Uh, It's been a summer of summers, so we uh, continue to battle these harmful algal blooms and appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about them. And we've already had a little taste of it this year, and that's part of the reason, part of the inspiration behind this episode is just to get some more information out about what these blooms are, what they look like, uh, how they can impact your health and things like that. So jumping right into it, Phil, why don't you tell us what a harmful algal bloom is and a little bit of background on why we're getting them. Sure. A harmful algal bloom is is pretty much what the uh, title states. It's a, a bloom of different types of algae that naturally occur in our bodies of water and they present a health risk in certain densities where individuals can uh, come into contact with them and animals or people swimming uh, animal drinking so these different types of situations where these bodies of water essentially have harmful algae in, in numbers that create a concern and as a result our recreational activities can be limited from these harmful algal blooms. And you might also hear them called toxic algae or toxic algal blooms. It's all the same thing, basically. If there's a bad word in front of the word algae, we're talking about the same thing. Correct. So how is it that they happen and what are some ways that we can identify them or what do they look like? A lot of times the algae actually looks a lot like the regular pond scum that you might see. And so differentiating between the two can be difficult and is typically only done with some different processes or sampling that we'll talk about here in a minute. But... The way they occur is the the water is exposed to sunlight and the algae is in the water already. And as a result of a little bit warmer temperatures in the water and some sunlight, maybe some thermal activity, the bloom is allowed to grow. And it grows to a point where it's now producing toxins that present uh, the public health risk. So we see these different growths occur anywhere from a very large mat like has been seen in Utah County. Uh, down to a very small isolated pocket like what we're experiencing in Rockport. So determining what they look like can be difficult. Most of the time, a harmful algae algal bloom is considered a blue-green algae, so it has a very vibrant blue-green iridescent sparkle to it that's uh, somewhat attractive. Typically resides about six inches below the surface of the water and is just kind of suspended there as it floats through uh, the water. They occur in all bodies of water uh, throughout the United States. Midwest has seen them for a number of years and now we're starting to experience them out here and the the algae has been in the waters that we have now and and some of the locals will tell you that these type of blooms have been happening for a number of years. It just so happens that now we're starting to look for them. And I think that's an important point to bring up is that while outside factors and outside things getting into the water can certainly contribute to it, a lot of the times these blooms are just growing and feeding on natural nutrients that are in the lake anyway, right? Right, yeah, and there's arguments that it's the result of degradation of our lakes or um, non-point source feeding feeding into our bodies of water. And 
to some degree, I'm sure all of those arguments could be validated, but the reality of it is, is uh, these are naturally occurring uh, different algae types that we find in our bodies of water. And, and as of recently, we've come to understand the public health risks associated with them. So now we're being a little more aggressive, a little more attentive in how we deal with them. One of the pieces of misinformation maybe that we've ran into up here is that people see what's happening at Utah Lake and if they haven't seen Rockport or Echo and we say there's a harmful algal bloom, their immediate reaction is that there's this giant layer of pond scum covering the, the entire lake surface, which that's not always the case. As you mentioned, they come in different sizes and varieties, correct? Correct. Yeah, they can span anywhere from a, a 10 by 10 uh, square floating throughout a lake that's subject to migration due to wave action or wind, thermal differentiation to what we've seen in Utah Lake and some of the pictures that have been shown on media that it's pretty much encompassing the, the vast majority of the lake. We haven't seen anything to that extent here in Summit County. We keep our fingers crossed that that's the case. And that's one of the reasons that we continue to believe that these harmful algal blooms have been occurring in our bodies of water up here for a number of years. It's just now they have a different name and a different title. And uh, that's the main focus of our efforts is just to make sure that people understand that they can be avoided and you can continue to enjoy your recreational activities as long as you have the information you need to protect yourself and, and your loved ones. So we've kind of talked about what these things look like. Now getting a little more scientific, can you tell us what types of algae are the, the blooms are comprised of? Why is it that they're actually harmful and should be avoided? And just the different types of algae that create these toxic or harmful algal blooms. There's a number of different species of algae that can actually cause a harmful algal bloom. Generally, they're referred to as blue-green algae, and the varieties that contribute or fall within that category are, are quite numerous. And we're, we're actually looking for the toxins that these al algae cells produce. And so there are a variety of different ones, and that's why it's generally classified as blue-green algae rather than just a specific type. So we know that each of these algaes is one of their byproducts from their growth as a toxin. We typically look for those toxins as well as uh, some of the cells that, that might gen be generated from you know the toxins that we find. So we don't want people looking for specific types of algae, and that's, that's what makes it tough is that we, we ask people to report stuff, but we don't want them to, I guess, feel threatened by it as well because if you see algae, it, potentially it could be or it could not be a concern. And so people should always, if they feel that it's something that uh, seems out of the ordinary, they should definitely report that regardless of whether it uh, appears to be blue-green or if it appears to be another color because blue-green actually refers to the general coloration of the harmful algae, but it's more of a categorical term than it is anything because some of the algae within the blue-green algae is not actually blue-green. Maybe more viridian or yeah. something. Along the color spectrum somewhere else, yep. Okay. One thing I've noticed as Rockport's been going down this year is that there's, you'll see spots where there's, you know, we call it seaweed or grass that's growing and it's just below the surface. That might look like it's a bloom when it's actually something that's growing on the lake bottom that is not a toxic algal bloom. Other things I've noticed is when the lake's going down, you'll see spots of just kind of that scum we talk about that you regularly see in the lake, that mossy green stuff that's kind of stuck to the mud after the lake goes down. And that's also something that is naturally occurring in the lake and 
doesn't usually doesn't indicate a harmful algal bloom so it's important to when you see something even if it's the right color and kind of take into account where you're seeing it and take a closer look we obviously don't want people inside of it and as you said feel free to report anything that you think may be a health concern but just a few things to keep in mind when you're reporting these things to save us some time going out there and having to do testing when it might just be a grass mat that's right below the surface right and that's regardless of whether it's pond scum or typical vegetative growth that comes off the bottom of the lake or harmful algae a common sense approach goes a long way. You wouldn't swim in pond scum. You may not swim in the tules uh, due to mosquitoes or being in the mud, that type of thing. It's the same thing with something floating in the water that doesn't necessarily look like it should be there. If you avoid those type of things, the minim you're going to minimize the threat of being exposed to a harmful algae. So just like you'd avoid pond scum on the, on the perimeter of the lake, if you're out boating, if you're out skiing, fishing, and you see one of these clouds of this uh, blue-green algae kind of float through where you're at. It's as simple as just pick up what you're doing and move to a different part of the lake and, and minimize that threat. Another thing that's came up recently when we had the Bloomin' Rockport briefly earlier this summer was people asking if the water itself is contaminated or dangerous. And my answer from you has been, if you're not in the immediate area of the pad or the bloom, you're probably not going to have any issues. I mean, you don't want to drink lake water anyway, right. but just because there's a small bloom that's isolated somewhere in the lake, the rest of the lake's totally fine. There's a lot of water compared to a small area of algae, right? Right, yeah, and, and of course, we don't ever want people drinking lake water. Uh, the water that comes out of those reservoirs and lakes is treated before it makes its way into drinking systems, and I'm sure that most people know that. You wouldn't assume any other threat or any additional threat by being out there in the lake doing your thing than you would if you were to just ingest the water. So of course, don't drink lake water. That's a common thing. And if you're in an area like Rockport where there's a potential for a harmful algal bloom, try to keep your pets from drinking the water, which is difficult. But yeah, just because there's a, an algal mat noticed on the lake doesn't really threaten any other parts of the lake as long as you're aware of your surroundings and what's going on. Perfect. So if you do happen to come in contact with a bloom and maybe you don't notice it at the time, but afterwards you start seeing some side effects in yourself or your pets, what are some of those things that might indicate that you've been in contact with toxic algae? Um, most commonly it's, it's skin irritation. You know, the toxins that we're looking for are liver toxins and neurotoxins, and they obviously can cause some severe complications. In, in the human body as well as domestic animals like dogs. You know, if you come into contact with, with the harmful algal bloom and you feel itching that's probably unwarranted that you didn't get yourself into something other than just the lake, you, you might want to keep close tabs on. If you think your pet ingested water from an area that was affected, definitely contact your vet and have, uh, have them assess their animals. Um, most of the time it can just be washed off of the skin with just general soap and water. You can most of the time jump in a different part of the lake that doesn't have harmful algae and, and kind of do a scrub down and get that off. And as long as you're not ingesting it, you're really there's no threat of, of additional complications. Obviously, in a situation where the concentration levels are extremely high and individuals are, are seeing a long-term exposure from a full day of boating or something like that, um, the risk is increased. But again, in the two years that we've seen harmful algal blooms on Rockport, 
uh, we've never had a concentration that was really high enough to indicate any type of immediate threat to life and safety. It was more of a, this could cause a skin irritation. And, and so we're trying to help you avoid any unnecessary stress and uh, while still having fun doing your recreational things. We mostly, as Phil's already said, just want people to keep an eye out for these pads and to stay away from them. It's the same as if, you know, staying away from other boats when you're out boating in the lake, staying away from the shore if you're out boating the lake, not getting too close to rocks or anything like that. Same type of thing where there's not going to be any impact if you're just enjoying the lake, but just to keep in mind that these areas are out there and not let yourself or your children or your pets go swimming or drinking in those areas. Right. So when we do find a bloom and receive uh, test results, that indicate a bloom is happening, what's the next step that the environmental health department then does to sample and follow up with that and continue testing? So initial notification in this, in this regard of this last situation came from DEQ and uh, they noticed that there was a suspicious looking bloom on the lake. And so uh, the follow-up sampling is simply to validate what is or is not there based on the original findings. So the original test will be sent out and they're looking for a cyanobacteria cell count to determine how many cells are in the water, how many of those, and those are the cells that can produce the toxins. And then the different analysis for the actual toxins themselves. And so the follow-up and subsequent sampling is simply to just identify, okay, what's the level at this week? Are we, are we seeing a reduction in the the amount of toxins are we seeing an increase? Is it staying? Is it remaining stable? And so we're out there essentially testing for microcystins and anatoxin A, which um, are the two toxins that really have potential to create harm or uh, to both humans and, and animals. So we have a real quick test that reads out in the field. We take those samples from about 15 feet offshore using waders and gloves and and do a sample that represents the water column down to about three feet, which is typically where we can find those harmful algal blooms, and then run that quick analysis where the cells are analyzed to determine what that concentration of toxins might be. If it comes out below a certain threshold, then it's considered clear. If it falls within the bottom to the top of the threshold, it's considered a, a warning, and then if it falls above that, it's a danger. We've never had one go beyond warning and, and cross over into, into the danger component. And so our analysis or our sampling is more so we're looking for those toxins, determining to what degree they're in the water and then at what level um, action is warranted based on those findings. And once an algal bloom has sprouted or bloomed or appeared in the lake, does it ever go away? Is it always there? Or what kind of happens as the life of our bouncing baby algal bloom continues? Yeah, and I think that it's you're, you hit it right on the head. I think it is a bouncing baby. I think it continues to fluctuate throughout the lake during different parts of the year. It may break apart and parts die off and other parts grow. And But with the way our, our dams are set up now to draw water out for downstream users, all the cold water is taken off the bottom. And then the warm water from the top is allowed to settle on the bottom. And then new warm water, surface water is brought in through our lake streams and tributaries. And so the, the lake temperature during the summer is going to be a lot warmer for obvious reasons. But also we're removing that cold water in the deep that has typically controlled these harmful algal blooms. So what we're seeing is 
year round, these harmful algal blooms are able to maybe go into hibernation or dormancy to where when the time's right, they are able to, as you said, sprout up and, and rear their ugly heads. So I don't know that it ever goes away, but what I do think is that we find that it recedes a little bit to the point where it's just not as noticeable. Last year, we had some warmer temperatures into the late summer, early fall, lots of sunshine, which allowed the one that we had in Rockport last year to kind of come up towards the end of the season. This year, obviously, it's been a little bit warmer and and this one came about. And I don't think it's necessarily that it's something new, as we've talked about. I just think that the conditions were right that's allowed it. Something that's been floating around in the lake for who knows how long, as I said, locals will tell you 20, 30, 50 years to finally uh, gain some traction and, and grow a little bit. And I think now's a good time just to reaffirm that the things that cause algal blooms, while they can be impacted by stuff coming into the lake, the nutrients and the stuff that makes these things grow is they're always in the lake. This isn't something, this isn't like radioactive waste that's been put into the lake all of a sudden and now it's growing a lake monster that's swimming around in the form of an algal bloom. These are naturally occurring nutrients that given the right conditions grow or shrink or move or break up and all those other things you said. Right and a great indicator of that is the fact that our water systems that pull from Rockport and that pull from Echo uh, to provide water in Summit County are actually set up to detect, analyze, determine, and treat water that's been impacted by a harmful algal bloom. So uh, and that's not something that's been put in place just the last few years. That's something that when the plants were built, uh, there was a concern that that may be a problem or was a problem at the time. And the labs are, are or excuse me, the water treatment plants are set up to be able to make the water safe before it's delivered to the tap. So even those that draw their water from Rockport, there's no need for concern because that water goes through a stringent process of uh, purification and uh, well before it's ever delivered to your tap. So again, it's one of those things that certain parameters and checks and balances have been put in place to ensure that these harmful algal blooms that may or may not go away depending on how you look at it um, are not going to impact our quality of life in regards to drinking water. And in addition to the treatment and the the surveying and notification in these systems. I think it's also important to note that water isn't taken from Rockport or Echo, it's taken out above both of those reservoirs. So you'd have a situation where algal blooms, correct me if I'm wrong, don't occur or rarely occur in a river. I mean, it has to be kind of standing water, right? So you're pulling water from the river in most cases for these treatment plants, not from the reservoir itself, which also lends to additional safety and that the environments where this water is being taken out from aren't environments where harmful algae grows and can Typically, yeah. And that's last year they saw with Utah Lake uh, as it fed out of the lake, they did see some of the agricultural processes that were downstream from Utah Lake were actually picking up hits of algae in in those irrigation channels and that. So uh, whether that's the result of flow or the algae actually growing in the Jordan River, uh, I haven't heard a determination on that. But you look at the connection between Rockport and Echo and, and those type of things, and there's always that weird and outlandish thing that could happen. Right. But regardless of how western it gets with <laughs> with a harmful algal bloom i'm confident in our water purveyors and the the facilities that they have to detect these well before they become a problem and then put in place different treatments to uh, reduce any type of harmful algal bloom in our drinking water so i think we've already kind of talked about 
what the public should do if they notice one of these mats or how they can report that information either to DEQ or to the health department and we'll include both of those numbers in the show notes for that. But one thing I wanted to add in was the difference between kind of the levels of algae that indicates whether we put out an advisory or an award or a warning and what the difference between an advisory and a warning is since we've just seen that over the last month with Rockport. Right. And so we've done something unique this year um, in Summit County, learning from our uh, experiences last year. Our test run last year. Our test run. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good way to put it. And we actually issued a caution advisory this year, which is something that says that, look, we don't necessarily have evidence that indicates that there's a real concern here, but we have evidence stating that higher than normal levels or higher than safe levels have been detected at some point throughout the summer. And the state typically issues a warning and a danger, which as you can imagine, warning precedes danger and level of severity. And we decided to go with a caution that just says, hey, those of you that are here at Rockport, we want you to have the best time that you can have. Enjoy your time in Summit County. Enjoy your time at Rockport and the beautiful uh, scenery and things that it has to offer. But do so with caution, understanding that there's been a harmful algal bloom possibly detected. And although nothing is indicating that it's at that level where it's, it's a threat, we still want you to be aware that this is information that we have. And we believe it's in your best interest to have this information as well. So that caution is nothing more than just a a courtesy to let you know that there's something that's kind of blipped on our radar a little bit and that we are attempt to be as transparent as possible. We're giving you everything that we have. We have no reason to really withhold. We want our partners at Department of Natural Resources, Department of Wildlife, State Parks, and water purveyors throughout Summit County to know that we are willing to share whatever information we have in regards to this so that each of our partners can ensure the success of their individual organizations as a result of some of the efforts that we've made here in Summit County. And if the levels ever indicate a warning or especially being in the kind of danger zone, we'll make sure to notify people of that. There's going to be clear distinctions between the signage and the messaging we're putting out so people don't need to worry about somehow stumbling into a bloom and catching some terrible rash. We're going to make sure we're monitoring the situation and we'll update that as soon as we have information on it. So there's really no worry about possibly, as I said before, stumbling across one of these blooms because no one mentioned anything at the lake. We'll have signage out that you'll notice at the boat ramps and in the other pullout stations. And as Phil said, we're doing all we can not only to notify people, but to let them know what they should expect and what they should be aware of and the danger or the safety levels that go along with that. Right. And the signage is clear, as you mentioned, is clearly distinguishable. The caution is very soft in its approach and warning and danger are not as soft. They're a lot more aggressive. And so if you show up there and the park staff wishes you a a safe weekend and enjoy the water doing those things, fishing and skiing that you enjoy doing, do so with full vote of confidence that your risk is minimal and then use that information that you're given to make a fair judgment about how you should spend your weekend recreating. In the event that things change, the approach and how we notify people will change and the health department will be at the forefront helping people understand exactly what's going on. Well, thanks, Phil. Just to wrap up, one thing you want people to take away from this interview, what would that be? Enjoy Rockport for all of its beauty, everything it has to offer, all of its recreational opportunities, knowing that the potential is there, but right now it's it's safe. You can enjoy those summertime activities that the staff at Rockport works hard to provide to the patrons there. 
and have faith and confidence in the health department and Department of Environmental Quality and the other partners knowing that we continue to monitor that area so that if at any time it becomes unsafe, those that information will be made readily available and nobody will be left in the dark. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.